Good morning and welcome to Alger Assembly of God and welcome to the opportunity of just being a part of God's house and ready to hear and see and, and share a part of what God is doing in Tanzania. Again, uh, this is a, a two and a half week trip as we were partnering with a number of individuals, many of our leaders from the Assemblies of God, our superintendent, assistant superintendent, some of our network staff, as well as uh, many of our leaders and presbyters. Uh, I, as one, serving as the West Central Area Presbyter, I was invited to be a part of this. We had a number of others from across the state, uh, some other pastors and leaders. So we had a team of 44. Now, imagine taking a team of 44 airport to airport to airport to, uh, to vehicles and all kinds of things. It was, it was quite the sight, I'm sure, as we had bags and, and backpacks and just making our way through all of these areas. But first off, as we start, I, I do want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your prayers and encouragement and support uh, coming back. I know we had had uh, the prayer sheet that was out for that week or two before, and unfortunately because of the, uh, the weather on that Sunday that we were leaving on Sunday the 11th, uh, we had a skating rink here of ice on uh, the, uh, the, the parking lot, and uh, unfortunately, a number of you made it all the way here to church before we, we canceled and, and was able to, uh, to get that under control. Uh, but coming back, I was able to see the prayer sheet and see how each and every day, multiple people, whether it was a meal or maybe it was the entire day, were fasting and praying for me individually and, and for our group, for our team and for our trip. And I just I want to say thank you for your part in uh, taking part in that initiative of prayer and believing God to have his hand upon our trip. <clears throat> As well, I want to say thank you for your financial partnership. I shared uh, just a, a couple of weeks before how incredibly overjoyed and how astonished would probably be the, uh, the appropriate word uh, to see how incredibly generous you as God's people were to give and, and to help make this trip a reality. So uh, from friends and family, uh, from fellow ministers and churches in our area, <clears throat> and from you as our church body, uh, we were able to raise up the support that was needed for this trip. And for that, I say thank you. Your prayers, your financial support was incredible. Now, as well in the picture, uh, I'm, I'm not alone, and uh, this, this was my traveling buddy. This was my traveling companion, uh, nicknamed him Stretch. I figure, you know, uh, going to Africa, a, a giraffe would probably be, uh, you know, relatively speaking, that, that would be a, a good fit. And Stretch, you know, he's got that long stretching of a neck, and more than likely we're going to be doing some stretching as a result of our time together, so I figured that was appropriate. Uh, here's how Stretch came about. Uh, probably about four or five years ago, uh, my mom had open-heart surgery. This was in the, the first year or two of being here in Alger, and um, many of you would remember back to then. And I took about four or five days to drive to Missouri, uh, to, to drive there, be with mom before and during, and maybe a day or two after, and then drive back. So I was going to be gone from the family for about four or five days. That was, at that point, the longest I'd ever been apart uh, from the family. And so in, in putting the girls to bed, uh, Brooklyn was, was very young at that point, probably around uh, three, maybe, two? Still in the Lima house, so maybe not even, maybe two, two and a half? It's the first year of being here. So I think she was two. She was in 11. Anyway, she was young. And uh, so maybe in that, that one, two, three range, and then, uh, you know, Autumn would have been in that four, five, six range. And um, putting them to bed... Brooklyn being kind of young, she kind of went to bed, but, but Autumn being a little older and, and a little, little more inquisitive and that, that soft and tender heart, you know, was, was missing her daddy. And, and well, my heart was touched and, and I felt like God brought this commercial back to my mind. You might have remembered that from a number of years ago. It was the AT&T commercial uh, where the businessman dad takes pictures of this stuffed animal at all the different places where he goes 
And the, the last picture that he sends through his AT&T phone is a picture of this stuffed animal by the tree in the front yard to indicate he was home. And so I, I kind of mentioned to Autumn, I said, well, Autumn, uh, would you have a, a stuffed animal that maybe I could borrow and, and then that way I wouldn't be alone and maybe I could take some pictures of this friend and I could text it back and forth to mommy and you, know, you could kind of see all of the adventures of what we're doing. So Autumn is, you know, she's cute and little. She's sitting on her bed and she says, yes, I do. I said, great. I'm, and I'm looking forward to see what she pulls out because she's a girl. I'm thinking, I'm, I wonder if it's going to be one of those princesses or, or whatnot. <laughs> she says, I do. And she gets off her bed she digs underneath the bed, and she pulls out a bear I don't ever remember seeing before. I go, oh, that bear's cute. I said, what's his name? Like a deer in the headlights. She pauses. She looks up. She thinks. She comes up his, with his name and says, Fluffy. So the stuffed animal I'd never seen before with a name that had never had before was given to me to be my buddy. And uh, over the course of those four or five days, I thought maybe I'd take uh, just a few pictures, <laughs> send them back to Kim. And over those four or five uh, days, I think I took maybe 50 or 60 and we had Fluffy in all kinds of interesting situations. We, we had him uh, pumping gas. Uh, we had him uh, with the doctor who just did my mom's open-heart surgery. Uh, we had Fluffy everywhere, and so uh, that, that was Fluffy. And so this particular time, the girls are certainly uh, older than they were before, but I thought it would be neat if, if I had another little buddy with me. And so Stretch is a little smaller, and he was able to, to fit a little more easily into, uh, I had a couple different backpacks or, or, or luggage with me. And so as I pulled him out and took pictures, everybody would ask me, you know, what that animal is, and I'd tell them the story. And so pretty soon everybody wanted to be a part of the stretch photo. Hey, I haven't been in a stretch photo. I haven't. Can I have my picture with stretch? And they'd take stretch and they'd pose, and, and I'd take the picture, and I'd, I'd try to send them back and forth. So in any sense, this is stretch, and uh, stretch was uh, with me on the journey. So both stretch and I... Say thank you. So as we jump into uh, kind of a, a sharing, a little bit of a, a summary and report and encouragement, our trip of 17 days uh, was bookended, obviously, by travel. So it took a number of days to kind of get what we were going uh, in Tanzania and get back. So beginning and end uh, was travel. In the middle, we would kind of boil it down to several different sections. So we had a week and a section of ministry. Uh, where we divided up into 10 different regions. We'll tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, but we went all across the country of Tanzania to minister. Then we had another section uh, we might call strategy, which was prayer and planning and discussion to see what it was that God was speaking to us about Ohio. And then at the tail end, we had a, a portion of some safari and sightseeing, kind of some togetherness time, uh, summing up and wrapping up all that we had seen with a couple closing sessions. And then, of course, travel back. So let's jump in. As we take a look at travel, here is Stretch. This is Stretch at the Columbus Airport with my luggage, and we are ready to go. This was that Sunday. Uh, we had ice, and uh, we ended up canceling church here in the morning, but I thought, no problem. We've got 40 of us that are on our way from all across the, the state of Ohio to New York City, to JFK. I was flying out of Columbus. I thought, no big deal. Columbus uh, was looking like they were around 40 degrees, so uh, there shouldn't be any ice to worry about. I pulled up the Weather Channel app, and it showed that New York City was 50 degrees. I thought, this is perfect. I mean, we were worried that ice and snow and storms were going to cripple the airports and hinder our travel. So I thought, this is perfect weather. We've got ice, but Columbus is in the 40s, and... Uh, New York City is in the 50s. So we get to Columbus. There were about 12 of us who were all flying out of Columbus to New York City. And not long after we had gotten there, our flight got postponed. And then it got bumped back again. And then again. And again. And again. 
our 5.30 flight ended up getting bumped back to 10.30. So it was a, roughly a two-hour flight. We were supposed to get back uh, to New York City after midnight, but that was okay because all 40-some of us were supposed to meet at the hotel at 6 o'clock to get to the airport by 7 o'clock to leave an international flight, go through customs and security by 9 or 9.30. However, the problem was New York City was so nice at 50 degrees, they were experiencing fog, which caused them to cancel and delay a lot of flights. So we were sitting in Columbus trying to get to New York City. We had two groups from two different times in Cleveland trying to get to New York City. And we had a group from Northwest who had gone all the way up to Detroit wanting to fly out to get to New York City. So all four of us are grounded and trying to figure out what we're about to do. Because we know if we gamble and we wait and we wait for our plane and then they cancel, there's no time for a backup plan to get us to New York City. So here we've got all these pastors, all these leaders, and, and we're, we're thinking and creating plans in advance. And so we basically had a cutoff. We said, we're going to decide by 7 o'clock whether we feel we're going to be able to get on this plane or whether we're going to have to take plan B. Well, the, the airline helped us out, and about 6.30 just canceled the flight. So now there's 12 of us in Columbus at 6.30, we got to be to New York City. So one of, the, one of the pastors there was on staff at Radiant Life in Columbus. His dad's the pastor. And they've got a 26-passenger um, kind of a, a transit bus or transit van. So he calls up his dad, who's the pastor, and has a CDL license. Says, hey, our flight's canceled. Can you come pick us up and drive us to New York? Within half an hour, he's there with the bus. We spent more time trying to get our luggage back from the airlines when it hadn't gone anywhere than it did waiting on the bus. So by 7.30, all our luggage is accumulated, packed in, and uh, there is our 26-passenger bus that we spent 10 hours driving from Columbus to New York City. So it was interesting we were up all day on Sunday, and then all day, uh, all evening on Sunday night, you, you maybe catch a, a couple winks here and there as you're, you're trying to sleep, but you're, you're still so pumped up and energized about the trip you're about to take, it was hard to sleep. We pull in to the hotel where everybody else were at, at 5.15, take a shower, and then just go back downstairs and meet everybody at 6 o'clock, ready to start day two. We then get to the airport, go through customs, go through all of that situation, get ready to leave. And so we leave about 9, 9.30 from JFK for about a 12 or 13-hour flight all the way to Doha in Qatar. Now, what's interesting, having never flown internationally, you know, if you take a look at the map out in the foyer, we've got the, the world map, but it's a rectangle, right? So if you take a look at New York City... And you take a look at Doha, you think you're just going to, to go diagonally. The, the shortest place between two points is diagonally, which means you're going to fly south. However, we hopped in the airplane and flew north up through the, uh, the north and New England states, up through Canada, past Greenland, and all the way back down through Europe. And this was some of the... Uh, you, can barely see there, but the arrow and the line that's going through, you can see the little boot of Italy. We basically crossed over London and uh, Budapest and a lot of European countries before we headed our way back down to Doha. So interesting place. We had a couple of meals and a snack over the course of that lengthy time together. So uh, I think the, the previous picture, that was for Brookie. That was, she wanted to get pictures of, of me in the clouds. So, uh, so we, we got that for Brooke, I think, was the picture before. So we, we made our way to Doha so we can climb aboard another flight. 
So this was 12 or 13 hours, but it's an eight-hour time zone in advance. So by the time we got there, it was evening according to our clock, but six in the morning on Tuesday. So we had all day Sunday. We didn't sleep Sunday night because we were in the bus, so we started all day Monday. We flew all the way through. Now it's Tuesday morning, time for day three, so we can fly another six to seven hours down into Dar es Salaam. So we, we make our way to Dar es Salaam, one of the largest cities, I believe it was the, the largest city in, uh, in Tanzania, more on the southern end. And you can head to the, the next slide there. On the left, that's the police. We saw police everywhere, in uniform, in the streets. We were stopped in our vehicles all the time in the streets. So I snuck a picture of him without him seeing me. Um, my friend who saw me thought that was rather bold, but I just acted like I was playing on my phone, took a picture, and stuck it away real quick. <laughs> so we're, we're at the airport, which is literally just feet from the runway, and you pass security, the police. You then walk up. They photo ID you, take your picture. They fingerprint you and take all, all 10 of your fingerprints, then you give them your passport. Then you reach into your wallet and you give them a hundred bucks so that they can give you a visa. That's basically it's a hundred bucks to get into their country. So we show up to Tanzania, having our photos taken, all ten fingers been fingerprinted, surrendering a hundred dollars cash, surrendering our passport, and then we just gather in a big group of forty, just waiting hoping that we get our passport back. That was a rather surreal moment. Because we've got Mr. Policeman just feet from us. We have now $100 less than our wallet and no passport to our name as we're nervously talking to one another, waiting for them to... I'm not sure what they do in that room, but they took all our passports into that room with our 100 bucks into that room. I think they were having a party. Then every so often they'd come out and they would yell out a name. But it took us a little while to figure out that they were saying first and middle name. We always say first and last name. The middle name is kind of irrelevant. And so they were saying things like David Allen. We're like, who's David Allen? But somebody's middle name was Allen. And so he was not very, very loud. And so we kept kind of crowding closer and closer. Yes, my... My passport was given. They called out Mark Allen. So I get the passport back, and now you got to go, you know, that was through customs, and you're going through baggage and through security, and I'm not sure, I lost track of how many times, you know, you take your belt and your shoes and all your electronics off and, and run it through the security belt. So we're getting ready to do that, and someone else had my bags on a cart, and they were ahead of me. And I had my backpack on, and I'm getting ready to go. And I get stopped by another one of these policemen, and he's asking for my baggage tickets. I go, oh. And so I reach in. I have my, I have my little, little passport thingy. You know, I pull it out, and oh, it's not there. Let me see. Oh, it must, must be right with my, uh, my, my airline you know, baggage, uh, my, my, my flight fee. So I pulled it. I'm, I'm pulling every piece of paper that I have, and I'm not seeing any kind of baggage claim. And I'm thinking back, thinking, well, I'm not sure if they got one at JFK, because they just gave me my, uh, I gave them my bags, but I don't remember them giving me a baggage ticket. So now I'm getting a little nervous. I'm in front of Mr. Policeman with no tickets, and all my buddies have gone on the other side. And so... I think I, I just kind of kept looking and, and pulling out papers as I kind of kept making my way towards the security line. <laughs> and then I got with my other guys. I go, oh, my luggage. And I pointed my luggage, and then we just kept going. So we, we made it through the luggage line. On the right, this is Jeff Garrett. He is an incredible man. He is the missionary. He's a, a missionary from Alabama uh, to Tanzania. He's been there about 16 years. He was our point person he was the one who organized 44 people's trip itineraries. 
uh, putting us in, uh, in our schedules and our blocks as far as all of our air travel, all of our ground travel, uh, where we were from, where we stayed to the churches that we served in, just did an incredible job. So we get in early afternoon, and there's three of us as a group, so about 12 of us, that were going to be flying out in the evening. And so we had a little bit of time to kill. We spent some time with him, some of the other pastors. We had a little meal at uh, a restaurant that was there in uh, the airport before flying out once again for our third flight uh, from Dar es Salaam north to Kilimanjaro, which is on the north side of Tanzania. And uh, you might have heard of Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, that is the, the city. And so we flew to Kilimanjaro, uh, got our luggage, and then drove for about another hour plus uh, to get to our hotel that night. Uh, by the time we got in, I got everything situated, uh, got a little, a little bite or snack to eat. I think we, we hit the bed at about midnight. So we were up all day Sunday, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and then we went to bed at midnight to get up at 4 in the morning because we needed to uh, get ready to have a little something by 5 to be on the road at 5.30 so that we can travel two and a half hours to get to where we needed to be by 8. So when it came to travel, and I, I, I added this up, I'd be in, intrigued to know that over that two and a half weeks, uh, I spent about 40 hours in a plane and about 45 hours in a vehicle. Not four to five, but 45, four five, between buses, trucks, four by fours, and uh, you'll see some a little bit later. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that ended that rather eventful uh, zero sleep, including travel, as we then spent two and a half hours to get where we needed to be on Wednesday for ministry. So this is our church. This is a Faith Temple in Karatu. Karatu is, is further west from Arusha, which is further west from Kilimanjaro. All of this is on kind of the northern portion of the country. As I mentioned, we had 40-some individuals. We were divided into 10 groups of four. Now, uh, Tanzania, size-wise, is pretty massive. Uh, our superintendent, John Wooten, sent out kind of a summary likening it to the sizes of, I believe, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and I think maybe North and South Carolina. So you take about six or seven states, add them together, and that's Tanzania. They have an incredible number of churches. They have been growing. God has been blessing. They've been seeing people come to Christ. And so their nation is actually divided into seven zones. We thought we were going to zonal conferences initially, but there are so many people in these seven zones, they would not have had room for them. Each zone has districts. And so in the nation of Tanzania, there are 55 districts. So we were split up and sent to 10 of those 55. Each district has sections. Each section has churches. So we were in the Arusha West District. Our district had 13 sections. Each section had multiple churches, and each church pastor and uh, some spouses were to come. So we had between 200 and 250 pastors and leaders from just that one district. That's one of 55. And so we were then to invest in these three days of ministry. It's kind of a combination of our uh, network conference, which is business, mixed with a little bit of minister's retreat, which is teaching, preaching, and, and investing into families. And so we were the guest speakers. And as I mentioned before the trip, we were responsible for five services a day, for three days. So the four of us uh, divided up those services. Pretty much the first and last service had worship and a message. The middle three was just preaching, preaching, preaching. So in the, in the midst of this day, we would start the day at 8 o'clock in the morning, have our five services, breaks and meals, and go till about 6 in the evening. So we'd have a, a pretty full 10 hours. What we knew is that the schedule said there was a, a chai break. So, oh, Little, little coffee, little tea break, you know. 
So we had had a, a little boxed meal that was given to us from our hotel on the way. And so, you know, at five in the morning, we're six in the morning, we're grabbing a little something from that box. I think a chai break was somewhere around 10.30 or so. So we get to the break. We're ready just to sip a little tea and they fix up a full-blown breakfast. It's eggs and, and breads and fruit and coffee and tea and, and they just keep bringing and keep bringing and keep bringing. So you got to keep eating and keep eating and keep eating. We, we learned the words asante and asante-san, which is thank you or thank you very much. So asante. So we said that a lot because they kept serving and bringing and, and, uh, and honoring us. So we had, well, really it was like breakfast number two at 1030. Come back and do a, another session or two, and then, well, it's lunchtime. So then we would have, uh, have a lunch, and they would uh, prepare some different things for us. So all throughout, the, uh, all throughout these, these days, we had just great times of ministry. We take a look at our, our next slide here. This is our team. A little challenging to see, but left to right. Uh, left is Jim Palmer. He is our assistant superintendent in the state. He serves underneath John Wooten, and so he was our preaching coordinator. Next to him, Chad Tusing is a youth pastor from Mount Vernon. And then uh, next to me on the right side is Rick Shear. He pastors at St. Mary's. Uh, Living Hope is in our area. And uh, so he and I uh, roomed together throughout the, the, the portion of those two and a half weeks. And, um, and then I'm on the end. So that was our team of four. We were called Group 9, stationed in Arusha West. And so we had just a, a great time of ministry as uh, we talked and prayed and, and ministered together and oversaw the services. So as you take a look at the next slide, the inside here, this is a, pretty much a very simple uh, rectangled building. Uh, with a few windows, uh, open rafters, a uh, very, very simple uh, metal uh, sheathing and, and roofing. Inside, a little bit of tile floors. Some, uh, all of the churches that we'd been in or had seen have some of the plastic chairs. So some that you might kind of use out on a deck or out on a porch. Uh, that was their chairs. They would have a, a hundred or a couple hundred of those uh, set up going all the way back. And then probably the back portion, maybe the back third, uh, something like that, would be uh, wooden benches, and that would be some of their uh, overflow seating, and they, they filled that uh, church uh, to the capacity as we were there. So in ministry, uh, we invested, you, you see uh, preaching there, and next to me is uh, the interpreter, and we'll show you in the next slide. Uh, we had two different ones. This is Pastor Christopher Kingo, and uh, he was one who had been in leadership as one of the bishops. And uh, so he was uh, also pastoring a church in Karatu. He took and showed me some of that during one of the, the sessions together. And so when it comes to, uh, when it comes to preaching, when it comes uh, to ministry, uh, we would preach, we would uh, pray for others. A couple of next slides show uh, some of the prayer uh, and preaching times. We'd have uh, our, our altar services. Sometimes we'd invite people up, and sometimes there'd be some specific prayer times. Uh, so just great opportunities. Uh, the challenge is always preaching and thinking about the interpreter. Because you just get going, and then you've got to stop and make sure that you don't go too long and that your interpreter can fill it in. And then you're waiting for them to interpret, and then you're, you're trying to keep your mind in gear. And so sometimes you'd be in better rhythms, and other times it uh, would be a little bit more challenging. But uh, when it comes to ministry here, the, the last day, uh, we took a few pictures just kind of turning around. We had a, one of the other guys on our team just snap a couple pictures before we were to preach. Uh, but we had a, a great time of ministry and preaching and sharing so I want to give you just a, a little glimpse. This is a, a few minutes of uh, one of the messages. And I think uh, somewhere in the middle of this, our, our sound goes out. And so we kind of pause for a little bit and then just kind of keep preaching uh, without a microphone. And then eventually they, they fix it and it comes back in. So um, do I have that video loaded up there? Okay, let's go to that first one then. And this is uh, probably about three, four minutes of the sermon. Tell what God has done for you. And don't forget to remember. Amen. Fourthly, remember God's miracles. 
kumbuka miujiza ya Mungu. God does the mighty and the miraculous. Mungu hufanya mambo makubwa na miujiza. There are things only God can do. Kuna mambo ambayo ni Mungu pekee anaweza kufanya. To split the Jordan River in two. Wakati huu wa kugawa kutoa ndani katika pande mbili. That is all God. Hilo ni Mungu pekee aweza kufanya. Particularly when the Jordan River was at flood stage. The waters would have risen much higher than normal. Splitting the Jordan River at any time would be a miracle. But particularly at flood stage. This was a miracle by the hand of God. If they would not have seen it with their eyes, they might not have believed it in their minds. What have you seen or witnessed that can only be explained by the power of God? Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember his salvation. Only God can save a soul. All that God has done, remember his miracles. Amen. Next, remember. Remember God's miracles. And they remember God's instructions. In verse 10. The Lord commanded Joshua. And everything God commanded was followed. God gave many instructions and desired that they would follow each and every one. Moses and Joshua were faithful to share God's instructions. What instructions has God given to us? God has given us His Word. Old Testament and New Testament, we find instructions to follow. Instructions to live a godly and holy life. Instructions on how to honor and follow Him. Do not forget. But remember and obey His word. When you and I give instructions to others, we desire that they are followed. Maybe we ask something of a son or a daughter. We desire that they would be followed. God has given us his words as our heavenly father and he desires that we understand and obey those instructions. 
tuyaelewe na kuyafuata haya maagizo yake amen next so that's a little bit of a glimpse of the, the challenge as you're thinking, as you're preaching, as you're processing to go through and to share God's word. And we have the opportunity of uh, doing that. Uh, so we preached uh, four times over those three days. We had two of us that preached four, uh, two that ended up uh, preaching three and having uh, just an excellent time. So when it came to ministry, in between, uh, you know, from our sessions, we would we'd go back and forth. They had a little room that was designated for our, our chai breaks or for our, our meal times that they would uh, cook up the little meals. And, and uh, they had a, a little school there where they had some school children, but also some community children. And so, you know, you have... Four of us from America, and uh, we we certainly stand out, and uh, we we were pretty pretty much hits with all of the little ones, and so uh, you you just kind of walk out, and you're kind of flocked by some of the kids, and they they just you know surround you. Uh, part of it was uh, maybe the the skin, part of it was the hair. They loved to to touch and and play with the hair. They weren't sure what this thing was, so I'd. I'd kind of stick it out and, and kind of go like this, and, and then they'd just laugh, and then they'd go like this and laugh and go like this and point to the other person. He'd go, and he'd feel it and go like that and laugh. and So they'd, they'd kind of rub your head and kind of fiddle with a little goatee. And, and then I'd, I'd pull my cell phone out, which uh, there were a number of cell phones there, not a lot of smartphones, but certainly quite a bit of uh, cell phones. And so none of these kids would speak English, and so you're, you're trying to, to point and trying to communicate, and, and uh, you know, you're wanting to, to take a selfie with them. So you crouch down, and you're kind of pointing to them to come and join you over here so that you can put your phone out here. And as soon as you do that, they see themselves in your phone. And they don't want to come back here by you. They want to get their faces close to the phone they want to see themselves. And so at some points, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd play with your hair, they'd take the, uh, you know, the, the picture with you, and, and sometimes they'd be at arm length, and then the, the more of them that there would be, the more they would kind of crouch in. So I've, I've got some, uh, some neat little selfies where I'm hardly in there, but there's real, real nice uh, Tanzanian boy's faces. He's just right in there on that, uh, that camera. So awful neat as uh, we just we spent some time with them. Um, this one little boy on the left, you can barely see, uh, but he's wearing a blue Batman shirt. Uh, he, he became uh, my personal little favorite. Um, every single day that we saw them and took pictures with them, he had the exact same outfit on. So he wore the little blue Batman shirt, and then he had this, uh, I'd almost call it a cape for Batman, but it's a little bit more of a uh, well, sometimes he'd have it around his head, and sometimes he'd have it around uh, his cape, and sometimes he'd have it around his waist. You can just barely see that uh, besides his smile. But uh, they would just, uh, just love you and, and kind of come up. They didn't necessarily know what, uh, what you were saying. You didn't necessarily know what they were saying as they'd kind of maybe jabber back and forth and, and uh, you know, laugh at your hair. But they knew the language of love. And so whether that was a hug, uh, you know, a, a couple of them would kind of come up and, and just start kissing my cheek and, and uh, playing with the hair. And so uh, we had ministry, though we might not have had all of the, uh, uh, the words to share and all of the words to communicate uh, with hugs, and, and they'd run up to you uh, when they'd see you and, and uh, you know, look for more pictures or just look for some more hugs and look for some more of that. So in addition to uh, the many hours of preaching and the many hours of, of investing into these pastors and leaders, again, between two to 250 over the course of time, uh, we, we were able to, to spend some time with some of these kids. So at the conclusion of our time, we had a number of days with them, and uh, just a, a powerful time where we ended in prayer. Uh, it was about an hour and a half to two-hour prayer session, which was uh, the most loud energetic, uh, passionate. Uh, th this is not kind of, you know, go away by yourself and, and just pray silently. I mean, they, they were passionately going after God. We had this hour and a half to two hour uh, prayer session, and they concluded that by wanting to honor us as guests. Now, you'll notice here on our next screen, on the left, 
Uh, we've actually got two, uh, uh, three additional individuals in there. There are seven of, us, uh, seven of us there. So on the left is our network superintendent, John Wooten. He and then the photographer, which is the second from the right, is Josh Stevens. If you know uh, Keith Stevens or Conan Stevens, that's Conan's brother. He was doing uh, the photography and videography, uh, putting some things together. We'll see a little piece from him a little bit later. Um, so he was honored as well. And then on the very end, on the right, is our main host and interpreter, which is Rogers Namwenje. And he is a part of the, uh, uh, the network office there in the Tanzania Assemblies of God. So they brought all of us up, and uh, they, they, they gave us one of these. This is called a, a shuka. There are 155 tribes in Tanzania, and uh, this is uh, something that kind of relates to the Maasai tribe. And so they, they gave us one of these and then kind of outfitted us in this, a little bit like uh, maybe like a, a, a modern uh, version of like a, a Bible Day character. And so they would outfit us in that. Uh, Pastor John on the left had a, a sticker, a staff. They had a little gift that they would give uh, for a spouse to bring home, but uh, they sought to honor us with this shuka. And so that was a, a part of our very final day as we invested in uh, many hours of, of ministry. So our, our next section as we headed into, this is what I would call strategy. All 10 of our uh, groups from all around the nation met together at a central location, and it was actually the place where we were staying. And so as we met up, we spent the next week praying, planning, and seeking God for what He would have for us. So we'd call that strategy. This is our group session in the very front row, uh, in the middle, that's uh, not doing uh, the funny faces as we have. That's Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali, uh, his wife, and then next to him is uh, Dr. Joseph Kimeme. So that is all of us. Uh, we had a whole bunch of still photos. We had like one or two crazy photos, and I guess that's the one that they chose and picked, so uh, we grabbed that photo. But throughout this next week, you'll see some of the next slides as we would gather basically in a conference room or a meeting room. We'd have some worship. We'd have some prayer time. Uh, we'd have a time of seeking after the Lord. And then we would get together oftentimes in some smaller groups to discuss. Uh, we heard some of the things every group shared and talked about testimonies, what they saw, what they witnessed, and it was amazing how consistent everything was. Across a, a nation as large as Tanzania, they heard the common vision, Tanzania for Jesus. And when they would cry, Tanzania for Jesus, they would respond passionately, 10 years of harvest. And when they'd call out 10 years of harvest, they would respond passionately, Tanzania for Jesus. And so uh, we, would, we would share, we heard testimonies from all 10 groups uh, but over the course of our second week, we'd break into some strategy uh, sessions uh, to, to talk about, to pray about, and to seek what is God saying based on what we've seen, based on what some of the needs of Ohio are. And we took a look at some of the surveys that were done. We took a look at some of the studies that were done to see what are some of the things that affect Ohio. And then we determined to be a part of the solution and putting that into place. So the next couple, you can just see kind of a varying forms of our worship time together and then some of our strategy times together. Uh, this, uh, that previous one uh, was sort of a, a group leader in, in a particular strategy session uh, over that particular time of a couple of hours. So various assignments in small groups or in larger groups uh, as we would worship together, study together. Uh, the following one, uh, one of our closing times together, we had maps of all of our areas of Ohio and uh, some of our various vision and thoughts, and then we would go around and we were just praying over each area, praying over each of our churches, over each of our pastors, each of our cities, and the believing for God to just bless and move and guide and direct and, and seeking His plan and His vision for the future. And uh, so that was a, a part of some of our, our final time together. Uh, in strategy, we also had some meals together with some of their uh, Tanzanian Assemblies of God individuals. So that's uh, me sitting next to uh, Dr. Kameme and just uh, kind of picking uh, his mind and his brain uh, about some of the various things. Uh, again, kind of this, this culture and this desire of honor. As we concluded the week, 
there's Dr. Barnabas and Tokambali, Dr. Kamemi in the middle, and then John Wooten on the left. Uh, he then presented uh, to John Wooten, that is this, this stick or this club, and they call it a runga. And that's one of the items that the, the Maasai tribes use, and uh, use for strength and stability. And then in addition, uh, gave uh, yet another uh, shuka of uh, the gown, and then uh, gave some coffee, and then gave some tea, and, and made this big presentation to Pastor John, before then declaring that every single one of us, all 44 of us, would have all of those same gifts inside in the restaurant, and we would have an envelope with our name. And so we would go in, we went around the, the restaurant to find uh, our name written on an envelope, and we had some of the uh, Kilimanjaro Tanzanian tea, uh, the Afrikafe uh, coffee, and then I have my, my second shuka, so I... Uh, I've got a couple of outfits now. I, I don't have to wear the same thing twice. <laughs> and then uh, I've got a, a runga as well, uh, which is a, a pretty cool... It's the, the stick, it's the club, and it is of solid wood, but engraved in there is Tanzania 2018. And uh, so they were just uh, very generous and giving in uh, their gifts of just wanting to bless. So all, all 44 individuals uh, went home with something exactly like that and uh, just an opportunity of, of remembering, certainly, our time together. So as we, uh, we did that, uh, they, each of us then were outfitted. And then, of course, we had to have a, a group shot. So they took us to the hill, go back one. And so there all of us are in our shukas, holding up our runga, and uh, getting ready to, uh, to shout out Ohio for Jesus. And so that was just a, a really a neat part of togetherness and unity together. And then uh, the very end uh, of our time and of our trip together would be the portion of safari. And so we were in uh, Karatu which was very close to the Ngorogoro uh, Conservation Area and the Serengeti and the Ngorogoro uh, Crater, which was a volcano that imploded. And so it is the largest, uh, to my knowledge, the largest crater on the Earth. It's about uh, 18 to 20 wide. I'm not sure if that's kilometers or miles wide, uh, but it's big. It's a big hole. And so as we went on safari, uh, we were kind of exploring through uh, the conservation area, this, through the Serengeti, and then through this Ngorogoro uh, crater. And as we passed, we passed all kinds of incredible animals. We'll, uh, we'll go through kind of quickly. Uh, zebras, you find tons of zebra. They were probably the most uh, populated uh, animals. In fact, in one particular place, uh, as we were going through, we, we came, it was probably not the migration, but it was a, a large herd where we just stopped, we parked, we shut off the truck, and we just watched as literally hundreds of zebra just almost stampeded at a full gallop past. I took some photos, I took some video, it, it, it doesn't do justice because your photo and your video shows this. And we see the hundreds over here, and we see the hundreds over here. So as we first started our trip into the, the conservation area in the Serengeti, uh, whenever we would see a, a zebra or two, you know, we would stop, and we all get our cameras and our phone, and we take pictures. Well, then we, we pass hundreds. I mean, we estimate there had to have been at least 1,000 that we saw at that one portion. So then the next time when we saw, giraffe, uh, we saw zebras, it's like, Oh, there's only 10. <laughs> when do you say there's only 10 zebras? You go to a zoo and see one or two and think, wow, this is awesome. I mean, we don't even see like 10 squirrels together. So we passed uh, zebras. Uh, what other kinds of animals did we see? Certainly we had uh, elephants, lots of different elephants, uh, sometimes in some of the watering holes. Uh, so we, we passed a bunch of elephants. Yes, uh, Stretch was very, very excited to see his homeland and to, to see some of the uh, giraffes. In fact, uh, I, I did post a few pictures on Facebook. Some of you saw that on our way home uh, to kind of our, our, our closing hotel, 
we were on one of their main highways, and we had to slow down and stop for a giraffe crossing. So we got, I've got a picture of the giraffe in the middle of the road, and then uh, we actually just stopped. It's a, it's a two-lane road. We just stopped, took some pictures, and then kept going. So uh, we, we certainly passed some of them. This is, if I'm remembering it right, the, the Cape Buffalo. And so the, the next shot, these were some, some big animals, uh, almost like big, um, yeah, one back, there we go, the, the Cape Buffalo, so big, big horns and, and antlers. Uh, we, we passed a few, uh, some of their uh, skeletons and remains, and you see some of the horns on the side, so they must have been a, a nice meal for uh, uh, some of those other predators. Uh, next, uh, these, uh, I get them mixed up, we, we saw... Uh, antelopes, and we saw some gazelles, and there's several different kinds, but these were just beautiful uh, creatures with uh, little horns heading back. Next, baboons. Saw some baboons. They were, uh, they were awful cute. Um, uh, looked like they had a little accident in, in the rear. There wasn't anything on their backside, uh, but they're awful furry everywhere else. So we uh, saw a number of baboons. Uh, also, warthogs. Saw a number of warthogs with some big tusks there on the side. Uh, all of these are, uh, are my photos, so you can see we're pretty, pretty close to many of these animals. Next, hyenas. We, we thought of Lion King. So you got, you got the, the hyenas, and you, you're starting to, to think of hearing them talk to Scar and everything like that. So we, we encountered a number of hyenas. Next, hungry, hungry hippos. Lots of hippos. In fact, we, we, there was one particular place. Uh, there had to have been probably a hundred hippos in this, this hippo. They called it the hippo pool. They had a sign. And uh, you were not to get out of your vehicle except in particular places. The hippo pool was one where you could. So we got out. We saw the hippo pool. Tons and tons of hippos and lots and lots of chunky stuff in the water. So uh, apparently that's also where they use the facilities. But also in the water, we saw one of these. That's a crocodile. Remember, they said we could get out at the hippo pool. So all kinds of us, we're just lined up along the side and we're like, oh, that's a crocodile. Yeah, he, he ended up going to the other shore instead of to our side. So we were, we were very, uh, very thankful for that. So we got to the crocodile. What else did we see? Yeah, we saw some, uh, some leopards, cheetahs. Uh, we were within probably 15 feet in our, uh, in our vehicles as we pull up and kind of surround. You take some pictures. So leopards and cheetahs. What else did we see? Lions. Yeah, I, I made sure to tell after the fact to Kim. Oh, yeah, by the way, we were like 15 feet from a lion. Uh, so we, we did see uh, some of them. And uh, this was not my photo. But this was, uh, as we were entering into the Ngorogoro crater, we saw like zebras and antelopes and just a number of animals, and all of us are, we're, there's probably six or eight of our vehicles heading down the road, and all the animals just start running. And so we stop, we're like, they're running, what's coming around the corner? It was him. You can barely see, but his, his mouth is all red. I think he had just had breakfast. He's got thorns across him. And uh, the, the individual that took this picture, this was Dan Lund, he's got another photo of a full body, and it's got his paws halfway up or bloodied. So he must have just been coming from breakfast. And oh, by the way, we weren't too far away from him either. Sorry, baby. <laughs> But we were in a vehicle, but we did top, uh, open up the, the top. So you pop the top so that you can stand up and look out over the side. So uh, we were kind of like a, a Happy Meal container, I think, for the... <laughs> that's what we were thinking of. So uh, we did see uh, the lions. And, uh, oh, this, this was another fun one. We were on our way, and one of the individuals in our truck needed to use the restroom and as you're looking around, it's just fields and fields and trees and fields. And, and our, our, our driver said, well, we're going there. We're, we're going there. Well, we've been going there for quite a while and hadn't gotten to a restroom. And as we're driving along this road, this was in the uh, Ngorogoro crater, 
uh, we had about six or eight vehicles with our people in it, but there's all kinds of other people in safari, so all kinds of uh, similar trucks but different colors. And so we're driving along the road, and all of a sudden, it, it's like a traffic jam. There's, everybody's just lined up and stopped on the street. And so we line up and stop, and both of these lions came out from around those two trucks at the top, and they're headed straight towards us. So like any good tourists, what do we do? We hop up, we grab our cameras, and we're you know, looking out right out the front as the lions are heading straight towards us, and they come around right to the side, like literally right next to our tires. So I got my phone hanging out over the edge, <laughs> trying to take, you know, phone with, with my left hand taking video, got my camera in the right hand, you know, trying to, trying to do both. Cool, look at that lion. <laughs> they kept going, though. Um, they got at least 10 feet away from us, so we, we were good in our Happy Meal container. Uh, but just a, an incredible opportunity. So they, they left, and we go not very far, maybe a, a half a mile around a corner, and then we stop, and there's this hippo pool and a restroom, and the driver's like, okay, everybody out. So like tourists, we all get out, and, and now there's, you know, there's about 10 vehicles, everybody's out, and yeah, those lions we didn't pass too far ago, not, not too long on the street, but we hop out and, and uh, we see, let's see, what, what are some of the, the next couple of shots we have here? That's me at the crater, and I think that's one of the, the last ones we had, so a lot of different things that we saw. It was, it, it was pretty breathtaking when you see uh, the creation of God in the, the beauty of the creation, the beauty of the animals, the variety of the animals, the, the magnitude of the animals. I mean, there was, it, it, was, it was really surreal because on the one hand, you're, you're tourists who are trying to get pictures and video, but you're also thinking, this isn't like a kitty cat back home. These are, these are wild animals. And so there's that, that unique balance of, you know, whenever we would come upon one of these scenes, it, it got pretty quiet. And you hear just snapping of cameras and people are trying not to breathe too loud. So the, the beauty of God's creation was incredible. And then uh, finally, the, the last day or two, we had a wrap-up. This uh, uh, was our group again with Pastor Jim Palmer, Rick Shear, our host, myself, and then Chad Tusing, and uh, in, in that closing, well, it's more of a, a luncheon that the uh, Somebody's of God individuals threw for us, they gave us a, a candle, Tanzanian candle here, and the encouragement was that all that we've seen, the, uh, the incredible things that we've seen God doing in churches, churches being planted, people being saved, um, you know, they, they would plant churches all over the place, and, and here's part of their strategy, and not everything necessarily translates, but they would say, as you go into a new village, as you go into a new town, look for the most messed up people you can find. They're probably demon-possessed. Go cast the demons out of them in the power of God. Their family be so thankful for what God has done, they'll gladly open up their home, and boom, there's your church. And now you've got a church planted, and you begin to preach the gospel, and you begin to reach people, and you get to reach people, and, and uh, some of these church buildings are, are very, very primitive, just with some, some sticks and some stones. Some are, are a little bit more put together, but we see God doing some incredible things. And, and in light of all we've seen, in light of all we've experienced, in light of the ministry we've given and, and all that we've received and what God's doing, the encouragement was for the, for the power of God, for the, uh, the fire of God and the fire of the Holy Spirit to, to not go out. And so the encouragement was that we take this candle with us and bring that and, and uh, see that as a reminder of what God's doing. So on the way back, Get a little bit more travel. Uh, going back was pretty much two days packed into one. Uh, this is actually flying over Mount Kilimanjaro. And uh, one of our pastors, uh, Conan, 
Uh, he was an individual who he's done all kinds of in, incredible uh, feats. He's, he's gone from the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim in a day. He's, he's bicycled from Canada down to Mexico. Uh, he's done all kinds of things. Uh, he summited and climbed. He stayed behind and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, they recommend, uh, when we were flying out and flying back home, we came across a number of college students who had gone to Kilimanjaro, and we said, how many days did you take? And it was between five, six, and seven days to get up. Conan went up in two and came down in one. So as we flew over Mount Kilimanjaro, we thought of Conan, and then... Uh, Next, we flew over Doha. That's a major city where we had the airport in Qatar. And then probably one of the best photos is getting back to the United States and then flying into um, New York City, having uh, certainly some interesting security checks along the way and some, some friendly searches here and there and checking out your bags and uh, spreading it and, and uh, having all of that. It was an incredible time together. What we saw and experienced was that God is still at work. It was exciting to see in, in not just what we experienced in our church and in our place, but we heard testimonies, all these other groups from all of these other churches or Bible colleges around the nation, what God was doing. And the same God that's doing incredible things in Tanzania is the same God able to and desirous of and continuing to do and wanting to do even greater things here in Alger in the surrounding area. God is at work. What we also saw is that we can trust in our leaders and our leadership. We'd heard a lot about Dr. Barnabas and Tokambali. And he cleared his schedule and spent a, a lot of time with us. We've, we've been granted favor. Uh, he's also been granted favor in the Assemblies of God and in Africa, uh, being, uh, forget his title, but kind of the overseer of all of Africa. And so their, their plan and vision of Tanzania for Jesus is being kind of added to and tweaked, and pretty soon they'll be having an Africa for Jesus theme as together they look to reach Africa. And so we've, we've had great favor to him and his leadership and his team. Our team as well, we take a look at Pastor John Wooten and, and our assistant superintendent for Jim Palmer and other executive presbyters and leaders. We can be assured that God is at work through the leaders that God has given us. And it's, it's an incredible honor to serve with them and to join with them. Kind of a final thought, at least for today, because you know there's still so much more to come is that we've got to follow after and seek what God desires for us. As far as, you know, many, many people are wondering, well, what exactly did you come back with, you know, and wanting to know all the specifics. And, and that's still a work in progress. It, it took Tanzania some time to put that together. We're working on that. Uh, but certainly uh, in the next number of weeks and months, uh, actually next month, Dr. Tokambali and uh, Pastor John Wooten will be going around to uh, many of our different areas throughout the state and sharing and kind of uh, sharing a little bit of the vision of what we've already talked about and shared collectively. So that'll be in April. In May, he'll be sticking around and uh, speaking at our network conference for pastors and leaders and credential holders. Uh, so some of the early rollouts there. And then by the fall, celebration tour, a lot more will be uh, in detail and put on paper as all of our pastors, credential holders, church leaders, celebration tour will be expanded to more people to get more leaders there uh, to have more of the vision of what God's doing. So step by step by step, all that uh, uh, the prayer time that we've put in, all of those group sessions, uh, when we spent time together, it was pretty much uh, 8 or 9 in the morning till 8 or 9 at night. Uh, so we had a week of 12-hour uh, prayer planning and strategy days, and uh, all of that is, is being used as, as we move forward with what God says, Ohio for Jesus. The specifics, how many churches to grow, how many, how many pastors to train, how many salvations to see, how many of this, how many of that, all of those details still yet to be discussed and, and kind of put into place. But we know God wants to do some great things. Are you ready to be a part of that? 
We, we don't have to wait until the fall to, to start getting involved in, in doing some things, whether that's personal growth and personal discipleship, whether that's uh, raising uh, the bar spiritually in our own personal lives or in our church life. So there's some things that we're already going to be able to do even before this full push takes place. 